Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to Strange Talk with Doc. Took a week off from Thanksgiving. And uh, that's basically what I also want to be the topic of the show. This holiday season is in full swing. And are you keeping it real? I'm going to tell you what I mean by that exactly. Now, I know you have friends and you have family and you have loved ones you want to get together. Life is short and you want to make sure that you stay in contact with all the people that you should be in contact with. That is understood. But what I mean by keeping it real is this. When you go through and you see that it's a holiday and you're sitting at home and you got 20 minutes to burn, does that mean that you have to contact everybody that's on your contact list and say happy holidays? Do you have to say uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year's to everybody that's on your social media? Do you have to reach out to everybody that you haven't been normally reaching out to? See, that's not keeping it real. You don't, you shouldn't need a holiday to stay in contact with the people that you care about. You really should not. Some people only hook up with their family once or twice a year, and it's during the holiday season, and everybody doesn't even get along, but they do this out of some kind of obligation, and that's not keeping it real, right? So you just have to be careful that. I mean, we have Black Friday. We have uh, Christmas coming up. Like I said, some people have Hanukkah coming up. Are you going to be putting yourself in debt to try to prove a point of how much love that you have for people by going out and overspending money that you need for your car insurance, for your rent, for food, for the maintenance of your normal life? Are you going to just, because you have it, overspend, put stuff on a credit card instead of having used the year up to have a fund that you could use for your spending that could be reasonable and sensible. But no, you got 20000 in credit, so you want to splurge. You want to show everybody your big willy, and you want to buy this for the kids. You want to buy that for the wife, and that's all fine and good. But can you handle it? Can you really, really financially take the blow that the holidays are going to place on you because there's also maybe you've got family members who have birthdays during this time. So you got Christmas, you got birthdays. Are you buying for grown adults when they don't never buy for you? You know what? Maybe you have to start thinking about who you're giving to and why you're giving. The main reason is why are you giving this present to certain people? Never do it for your ego. Do it only out of love. If you go in debt a little bit for your family out of love, that is understood. But if you do it because you've got some kind of ego trip that you're on and you got to pay for this later. And some people, let's be honest, they got shitty credit cards. They're getting hit 21, 23, 24 percent interest rates. 
and they really can't handle this. They just constantly stay in debt, not thinking about something could go wrong with the car, something can go wrong with the crib, something can go wrong with a piece of furniture. You got to live like an adult at all times. And the holiday season does not give you the right or give you freedom to become a child again. Okay, we know the Christmas myth. Oh, you want to have it like a child. You want to experience it all over again. And you, you pray for a white Christmas, this, that, and the other. That's fantasy land. Let's stay in adult reality land. That's all you got to do. If you keep it real, you stay in reality. You keep it fake, you go into fantasy. And you will pay for everything that you do this holiday season later. And like I said, reaching out to those people that you don't normally reach out to. And then four days later, regretting that you ever did it. Because there might be a reason that you're not in contact. So just watch yourself. Be careful. Enjoy the holidays. I hope that they're blessed. I hope that you have time off from work, that you get to spend the time that you need to spend with those that you love, not the people who are just on the outside fringes. And those are the people, if they're on the outside fringes, keep them on the outside fringes. That is fine and dandy. You didn't do anything wrong. Now we're going to move on to the regular portion of the show. And before I even get started, I would like to say an RIP to Miss uh, Irene Cara. She was from Fame and Flashdance. She died at the age of 63 or 65, depending on which news article you have read. Uh, The reason I want to say RIP to her is because in the 80s, fame was huge. It was a huge show. It was a fun show. It showed us kids that we had never really seen before, performing arts kids. Most of us, if you didn't know one personally, you didn't even know about the situation. it gave these kids a place to uh, call their own. They were artistic kids. And it also, fame did so much for these performing art schools around the nation. They told kids that it was all right to feel a little different, to be able to express themselves through art. I, I'm a drummer, and drumming to me is an art. I wish that I would have looked into situations like this deeper at that time maybe my life would have been different who knows but i would have been around a lot more artistic people Uh, i would have been able to learn maybe more theory on drumming instead of just winging it and once again i just wanted to say uh rest in peace to miss irene cara and me taking the week off there's been quite a few things that have happened so i want to go through this briefly i'm not going to do anything Hopefully to bore you, I'm going to try to keep your mind interested and sharp on this. So Trump decides he's going to seek re-election or the Republican nomination in 2024. So far, not so good. And this is, uh, you know, it's kind of shocking that he announced this on 1115. Here we are, 1128. And he's been pretty much quiet. Uh, so that means things aren't going in his direction. We could all we could already figure that out. Then on 11-22, the Supreme Court finally cleared the way for the House to get Trump's taxes. We are all interested on what Trump has and has not paid as far as taxes go. He's a citizen of the United States of America. He is not the king of America, ex-king of America. His taxes should be scrutinized like everybody else's. We had a fatal shooting at a Walmart. Seven people were killed when this Andre Bing 
31-year-old dude in Chesapeake, Virginia, decides that he has to kill everybody in his sight. You know what? He's dead himself because he committed suicide. And, you know, I just say rest in peace to those people. I mean, damn. Matter of fact, I'm going to Walmart tomorrow. Not that it has anything to do with what happened here, but you know what, man? You just don't feel like you could basically go and do anything like you used to be able to do. And then also on 11-19, we had five people killed and 18 injured in a shooting at a gay nightclub called the Q. No, Club Q. This was in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The shooter was this Anderson Lee Aldrich. He was 22 years old. He tries to now come out and express that he goes under the pronouns or nouns they, them, are, whatever the hell they are, to pretend that he is not a hate crime shooter. He shot 23 people. I don't care if you are a member of that group. This is a hate crime. And I'm hoping that Colorado Springs DA, uh, district attorney, general district attorney of the state do not get hoodwinked into this bullshit. And then we have this dude's father, Aaron Franklin Bring. He first thought, his first thought was, I am just so glad my son is not gay. You rather your son be a cowardice mass murderer than a homosexual what in the fuck is the matter with us that we have to look at homosexuals as some kind of beast, some kind of subhuman? It's people's sex lives. It's how they want to conduct their lives, who they're happy. you rather a man or woman be with the opposite sex and lead an unhappy life and bring somebody into their unhappy life, raise unhappy children, cheat? Maybe take the chance of spreading STDs throughout the family just so that they don't be gay, lesbian, or transgender. It makes no fucking sense, man. We have to learn to let people live the lives that they need to live that's the best for them. As long as it is not against any laws of man or God, I have no problem with it. Okay, so the GOP finally took the House. They got the 218 seats to control the chamber, which will just cause a lot more nonsense, a lot more lunacy, a lot more filibustering. Uh, So it should be interesting these next two years to see how things go. So Elon Musk, which I am still a member of Twitter, I've been doing the damnedest that I can to actually be getting kicked off. I don't want to quit Twitter. I literally want them to kick me off. He had came out and said that if his staff doesn't go hardcore, he's going to get rid of 75% of them. And then he wound up laying off half of the Twitter staff. Uh, this seems this thing seems to still be going on. It doesn't seem to have any glitches, at least when I use it. So, you know what? Maybe this was uh, fat of the cow staff, and they needed to be getting rid rid of. I don't know. I don't work for Twitter. I've never worked for Twitter, but Musk also did some bullshit. He restored Trump's Twitter account after a bogus ass online poll. Now, this online poll which is garbage, just 
was a way of Elon Musk saying, don't point the finger at me that he's back, but to point the finger at the public that he's back, which is technology, because people didn't really want him back. And if they did, they wanted to be able to use it to mess with him and his people. So you know what? It really doesn't affect me because the first thing I did when Trump came back to Twitter was I blocked his account. So I couldn't see anything from him. Well, nor can I see anything from him going forward. And he has his own social media uh, platform. Truth, I believe is the name of it. And for him to go back on Twitter is to prove that truth is a failure. So it will take a hell of a lot for him to actually move to Twitter when he has his own social media platform where he can say basically anything he wants, no matter how ridiculous it is. So the Walking Dead series ended while we were away. I thought that the finale was all right. I'm not mad at the finale. I thought the last episode was all right. They closed some holes and they left some holes wide open. I was always wondering, why did man use fire against the walkers in a massive way? Uh, think about this. That's what brought man supposedly out of the cave, the use of fire. If we lose the use of fire on this planet, we will basically lose everything. We won't be able to cook. We will not be able to uh, heat things. We will be living in cold dwellings. So I thought that some way or another, the use of fire should have been in play. I thought Eugene was going to come up with some kind of way to make like flamethrowers at one point, but he never did. The American Horror Story, they also had their finale. And this season was American Horror Story New York City. It dealt a lot with the AIDS crisis in the 80s. Uh, I could see that this season would not be something that everybody would want to get into. It was slow motion at times. The uh, monster, if you will, wasn't even really a monster, but it was a disease. I mean, there was a lot going on there. It was a hard watch, but I did enjoy it. I will say that. I've been watching some family guys. They've been some hits or misses. But the family guys last week, the Manchurian candidate, let me say that again, Manchurian candidate was hilarious. Peter was put under hypnosis where if he heard a certain thing, he would want to perform cotolingus. And the trouble that this got him into, he performed it on his mother-in-law. He tried to do it to his daughter. I mean, it was out of control. It, it, it was a great show. It was sick. As The best family guys are the sickest family guys. And I've been into A Football Life, season 11. So far, they dealt with Julian Edelman, Joe Theismann, and Edderin James. As you know, Hard Knocks in season is dealing with the Cardinals, who are in complete and utter mess. While in Mexico, they cut their running back, they fired a coach, but we didn't get into that on last episode. Hopefully, we'll get deeper into that on this episode that's coming up this week. And also, Criminal Minds Reboot Evolution has returned to television. And this show, the first two episodes drop, and it's dealing with a serial killer network, a national serial killer network. Now, this weekend, we also had the WWE Survivor Series War Games. 
this was a very good card. I enjoyed myself. Now, I'm not going to give you an order that they went down, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about each match and what I thought the highlights and lowlights might be. The bloodline went up against the brawling brutes with Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Everybody, if you're into wrestling, you know the bloodline. There's no need for me to tell you who they are. But the story within the story was Jay Uso, as usual, and Sami Zayn. The way that they told this story was fantastic. This is what makes wrestling really, really good. Sami Zayn officially becoming a true live bloodline member was over the top. His emotions at the end were fantastic. I thought it was very good. Damage control. And by the way, the bloodline won the uh, war games. The damage control, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley went up against Bianca Belair, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, Minchin, and Becky Lynch. The team of Bianca, Oscar, Alexa, Mia, and Becky won the war game match. This was very entertaining. They really showing Nikki Cross off as a, uh, a lunatic who's just out there, who doesn't care about anything, who might have mental problems of some sort. It was an entertaining match. There was a lot of high-level moves in this match. The ladies put on a good show. They never failed to entertain. We had Ronda Rousey, the SmackDown Women Champion, put a title on the line versus Shotzi. Uh, uh, Ronda won, but she seems to be losing the WWE Universe. She's not like a year ago where she was a hot product. Right now, she's just a thing. She's just a woman that's putting in a work who has to, who happens to have a big name in the industry from her MMA career. But the enthusiasm of Ronda has waned. The fact that she's now running around with Shayna Baszler, which means two MMA lady or women uh, together, and naturally they should be able to beat any pro wrestler. Uh, I thought that they gave Shotzi a lot of uh, opportunities to have offense that maybe she wouldn't have, but it was it was only an okay match, nothing to write home about. AJ Styles and Finn Balor, two legends, two great workers, and as you would expect, they put on a good match. By the way, Ronda Rousey won the match and retained the title. AJ Styles, like I said, Finn Balor, which meant the OC got involved, and... Uh, Finn's boys uh, got involved, so it was it was entertaining. These two, uh, you know, AJ is, is phenomenal, just like his name says. Finn Balor is a great wrestler. AJ won by pinfall. This was a very good match. This should lead on to some more stuff going down the line with these two fractions. And then Steph, Seth Rollins, who was the United States champ, took on Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. In a three-way dance, uh, this was very entertaining. They made Bobby maintain his fierceness. Seth put on a head stomp to Bobby that was awesome. Austin Theory wound up getting the U.S. championship. Uh, no nonsense, Austin Theory, no more pitches. I thought it was a damn good performance by all three. Nobody actually lost any of their momentum. Nobody lost any of their flow. I could see going Seth going either now trying to go up against Roman Reigns 
or Bobby saying, you know what the hell with it? I'll go up against Roman Reigns. And Austin should be a good U.S. champion. He should have a lot of people coming for the belt, especially since he's changed his persona. So this was a winner. WWE Survivor Series War Game was a winner. There was not a, other than the Ronda Rousey Shotzi match, which was the lowest point of the card, the rest of the card was very good. Now, I finally did something I have been planning to do for a while, but I've been putting it off. I listened to some music, so I wanted to review some music. And the first album that I reviewed was Florence and the Machine's Dance Fever. This was one of the best albums of the year. This definitely went on my list of best albums of the year. She had a song called King, Free, Tremania, Back in Town, Dream Girl Evil, Heaven is Here, Daffodil and My Love. Those were the highlight songs. This was a damn good CD. Uh, Florence never fails to bring it, and she brought it on this album. I also listened to David Blaine's Days in the Wilderness. It's a very guitar-heavy Gypsy Woman. She's Homeless. You know the song, She's Homeless, Gypsy Woman? That was fantastic. He remade Psycho Killer. That was fantastic. So I say, if you get a chance to listen to David Burns' Days in the Wilderness, please do so. Drake's, honestly, never mind. I did not like the CD at all. It was a lot of beautiful house beats, but there was no one song that I would call a keeper on this whole CD. Not one of the songs on this CD makes it to my drive around in the car. Not one of them make it to my keep them playlist. So this was just a waste of space and time for me. So I'm passing on Drake's honestly, never mind. So Orchard Park, Buffalo, New York has 77 inches like a week ago. Uh, just think about what that is. That's outlandish. Uh, they actually, we'll get into that later. They actually had to move the football game from Orchard Park because of the snow. Kevin Bass, Karen Bass, my bad. Karen Bass was elected the first black mayor, female mayor of the city of Los Angeles. Congratulations to not only Ms. Bass, but the people of Los Angeles for realizing not only a black woman, but a woman is qualified to run the city, a major city in the United States of America. There are still a lot of cities in this country that has not have not done this, not have really put any thought into doing this. I come from New York City. This has not happened there either. I mean, there's been a female governor, but there's never been a female mayor. And you know what? For her to not only be a woman, but to be a black woman, I tip my hat to her. I'm sure her job's going to be hard, but hopefully she's up to the task and that she will be doing a commendable job, me not knowing much about her. But I'm holding our hope for the best. Major League Baseball gave out their awards during the time we was away. And for the third time in his career, Justin Vanderlyn, Vanderlyn won the AL Cy Young Award. Sandy Alachara won the National League Cy Young Award. Buck Showalter won the Manager of the Year in the National League. And Terry Francona has won his third AL Manager of the Year Award. 
Michael Harris II is the Jackie Robinson NL Rookie of the Year. Julio Rodriguez is the Jackie Robinson AL Rookie of the Year. Aaron Judge, as expected, is the most valuable player in the National League. And Paul Goldsmith won the National League MVP. There was no UFC last weekend, but this weekend coming up, we do have a UFC card out of the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. And Kevin Holland is going up against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I don't know what Kevin Holland shows up. See, he's he's tricky for me. Sometimes Kevin Holland is fantastic, and sometimes if you know if he's called on to wrestle, he's not that good. So this should be an interesting fighter. Wonderboy is known for his kicks, so Kevin Holland better be watching out for them damn kicks. Derek Brunson is going up against Jack Hermanson. Tracy Cortez is going up against Amanda Rivas. Brian Barbarina is going up against Rafael Del Antos. Emily Dolce is going up against Angela Thrill Hill. Nathan Levy is going up against Gennaro Valdez. And Mark Desinke is going up against Michael Johnson. So on paper, this should be a very interesting card. There should be a crowd there. We're not in the uh, Apex Center. So fans will be in attendance just coming out of Orlando, Florida. So I'm looking forward to my first UFC card in two weeks. And hopefully it will be very entertaining. Now, I only like to give you what I consider to be the games of the week in the NBA. And this changes from week to week as teams sometimes become hot and then sometimes they become very cold. So I don't think you should be wasting your time watching them. So tonight, we got the Bulls versus the Jazz. Tuesday, you got the Warriors versus the Mavs. Wednesday, you got the Heat versus the Celtics. You also have the Clippers versus the Jazz. No games, I thought, were worth a damn on Thursday. Friday, you got the Spurs versus the Pelicans. The Spurs are on a bad losing streak right now. They need to turn this around. But, uh, you know, any chance you get to really see Zion is is an opportunity to see the future. So I, I say watch. The Nuggets go up against the Hawks. Saturday, you got the Mavs versus the Knicks. The Trailblazers versus the Jazz. And then Sunday, you got the Celtics versus the Nets. You never know what the Nets, they that box of chocolate that uh, Forrest Gump was talking about, man. You never know what you're going to get. You might get a spectacular team. You might get a below average team. And the Celtics are a good team, so it's a battle. Then you also have the Nuggets versus the Pelicans. That's the last game, I think, that's of interest on Sunday. Okay, I had mentioned this briefly. The Browns played in Detroit. The Bills and the Browns played in Detroit because of that 77 inches of uh, snow. So they had to actually move the game to Ford Field. Ford Field is a dome, so it made perfect sense. Everybody arrived. The game got off. It was an entertaining game. Matter of fact, that was Thanksgiving's game. Now, also, Zach Wilson went 9 for 22 for 77 yards, and he had to be benched. And it wasn't so much because of how Zach played. It was how Zach reacted after the game as though he had no problem. It made no sense. We had the Odell Beckham Jr. incident on the plane. I was not there. I only seen film. Odell looked perfectly fine as he was walking out 
of the uh, airport. Uh, maybe his lawyer was 100% right. Somebody just wanted to exert some power who doesn't normally get to exert power against a rich, famous man. Don't know, can't predict it, can't say that to be true. Now, the commanders came out with a memorial for Sean Taylor. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to totally judge the commanders here. If Mr. Taylor's family was happy with the memorial, I am not the one to tell him that this was shit. Now, could it have been better? Even, I don't care what they say, sure. Could you have put football cleats instead of soccer cleats on this thing? Could you have maybe not had his arms be some wire framing? Sure you could have. But the fact that this kid who came from where he came from and accomplished what he did to be honored forever by an NFL team, I think is a beautiful thing. And I don't want to lose sight of that. Okay, so Thursday we had some football games. We forementioned the Bills played the Lions. The Bills won that game 28 to 25. Josh Allen finished with 253 yards and two touchdowns. He brought back the Bills with 10 points in the final 200, I mean, two minutes and 40 seconds of the game to win. But they lost Von Miller. I mean, the Lions battle you, but something always seems to go wrong. Uh, but they are a fighting team. I will give them that. They do put up a lot of grit. My Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20. Dalton Schultz th had three touchdowns. He had two catching and one rushing. Micah Parson was that pain in the ass that he needs to be at. Two sacks plus two tackles for losses. And the Vikings bounced back and beat the Patriots and proved to 9-2. Keeney Nanjewe ran back a 97-yard kickoff for a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, who's unstoppable, had nine catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. Now, on to the Sunday's game. We mentioned already that Zach Wilson was benched, and his replacement, Mr. Mike White, threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns, including two to rookie Garrett Wilson. Uh, Chicago was playing without Justin Fields, uh, other than Mike White playing so well, the Jets winning was not a shock. The Commanders beat the Falcons. This was their sixth win and seventh game. Taylor Haneke threw two touchdown passes, and the defense for the Commanders made some clutch plays in the fourth quarter to get the victory. The Falcons are snake-bitten, man. They're always close. If you look at all the scores of their games, they're in the games they're battling it out, but something always seems to go against them uh, to make sure that they catch the L. The Bengals played the Titans. Joe Barrow wasn't spectacular, but he was pretty damn good. He was 22 or 37 for 270 yards and a touchdown. Samaje Perrine, who took Joe Mixon's place due to injury, rushed for 58 yards and a touchdown, and he caught four passes for 35 yards, and they just gutted it out. Uh, T. Higgins was killing the Titans secretary, and he caught seven passes for 114 yards and one touchdown. Derrick Henry never got going in this game at all. He rushed for just 38 yards on 17 carries, but he did have three catches for 79 yards, but they locked Derrick Henry down, so he was a non-factor. 
The Dolphins beat the Texans 30-15. to This was the Dolphins' fifth straight win. Tua Tagalova finished 26-36, of 22-36 of for 299 yards, one touchdown, and no interception. This is his fourth straight game without throwing an interception. It is hard to beat a talented team like the Dolphins, and that's why they're on a win streak, because they don't make a lot of errors from the quarterback position. The Panthers beat the Broncos 23-10. to Sam Donald played, and he finished with 185 yards. No, Sam Donald played. He started for the Panthers. Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield was sat. P.J. Walker was injured. But the real starter show for the Pac- uh, Panthers was DeAndre Freeman. It was his fourth straight 100-yard performance in the last six games. He rushed for 113 yards on 24 carries. DJ Moore caught 103 yards and a five-yard touchdown. But the real star or not star of this show is Russell Wilson. He was 19 of 35 for 142 yards and one touchdown. His performance in Denver has been abysmal. It's been confusing. It's been baffling. It's it's no explanation how far off the cliff he has fallen in one season. It makes no sense. But because the Broncos are so deep, or he's so deep in the Broncos' pocket, I don't know how they work this out. I don't know what they do. I have to sit back like everybody else and see how this happens. The Browns beat the Buccaneers 23-17 to in overtime. I'm sitting there at the, in the TV cussing Amari Cooper for dropping a fourth down pass early in the game, but he made up for it because he had a 46-yard catch in overtime, and it set up Nick Chubb's game-winning touchdown. Who wound up, Nick wound up rushing for 116 yards. That's what they want to do. They want to beat you down with Nick Chubb and occasionally hit Amani Tuma, stay close in the game, and then have their defense help. Uh, Miles Garrett sacked Brady like two times, and Brady was actually sacked three times after halftime. The Bucs are not what they say they are. And I don't give a damn what they say on ESPN. I don't care what they say on Fox. I don't care what they say on the NFL channel. The Buccaneers are no threat to win anything. They're actually under 500. They're not a very good or scary team on offense nor on defense. The Jaguars beat the Ravens 28-27. The Ravens were hoping that Justin Tucker could save them with a 67-yard field goal as the clock was running out, but the ball came up a little too short. I mean... The Ravens had too many open drops. They had times where they were just fumbling the ball. Trevor Lawrence looked like a beast on that last drive and two-point conversion. He wound up 29-37 for 321 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, this is one of Trevor Lawrence's best shining moments as a pro in the NFL. The Chargers beat, and you know what? I have to say this. Uh, Lamar Jackson deserves better than the Ravens. He deserves better 
than what the Ravens give him. That guy goes out there and he busts his ass and he tries to make things happen each and every chance he gets, but he needs players around him. We don't want to waste his youth in Baltimore and he have nothing to show for it but an MVP trophy. The Chargers beat the Cardinals 25-24. Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley delivered a last-minute two-point conversion. The Cardinals, like I said earlier, they're a shit show. I don't know what they're going to do. I think that uh, Kingsbury needs to go, but Kyle is under a big contract. Kyle is under a big contract. The Cardinals have been notorious for being cheap. They're not trying to pay anybody for being home. So I don't know. I will see how this plays out. Thank God that uh, hard knock in season, they picked the exact right team that is going through the most controversy to be the team that they're featuring. So hopefully we get to see some of this play out in front of the camera. The Chiefs beat the Rams 26 to 10. No Matthew Stafford. Mahomes, 320 yards and a touchdown and an interception. There's not much to say about that. The Rams did what they had to do. They handled their business. The 49ers beat the Saints 13 to zip. This is the first shutout for New Orleans Saints since 2001. Alvin Kamara fumbled the ball twice. The Saints had won 332 games and nearly 21 years without being shut out. And this happens to be the Ram, uh, 49ers' also fourth straight win. The Raiders beat the Seahawks 40 to 34 in OT. Josh Jacobs had an 86 yard game ending touchdown. He rushed for a franchise record 229 yards. He had two touchdowns. He also had six catches for 74 yards, which was a total of 303 yards from scrimmage, which was the most in the Raiders franchise history and the seventh most in a game in the Super Bowl era. So congratulations, Josh Jacobs, for shining. I mean, going to work and showing people how it's done. The Packers played the Eagles. The Eagles won this game 40 to 33. Jalen Hurts became the first player since at least since at least 1950 with 150 yards rushing, 150 yards passing, and multiple touchdowns in a game. And Miles Sanders also rushed for 143 yards and two touchdowns. Philly rushed for 363 yards overall. That was their second best total in franchise history. And the Eagles are 10 and 1 for the fifth time in team history. And Rodgers actually left the game in the third quarter with his team trailing 34 23. We do not know if we're going to see Aaron anymore this season. Uh, he's now telling us after all these weeks, he's been playing with a broken thumb. Uh, think about your hand without his thumb being healthy. It's not that good a deal. Uh, I think he needs to shut it down. Let this love character see what he's about. And Monday Night Football, we got the Steelers are going to Indianapolis for my boy Jeff Saturday uh, to play a game tonight. Now, the Colts had lost seven straight to the Steelers. And the last time that the Colts actually beat the Steelers was 14 years ago. See, these are teams that don't normally play each other. That's why... 
seven straight took 14 years to accomplish because I guess they play each other every other year. But I see the Colts actually winning this game. If Matt Ryan plays, I don't think the Steelers have anything going on for them other than defense. Uh, hopefully Jeff Saturday will get win number two. Now, coming up this week, on Thursday, you got the Bills going into New England. The Bills, and to further notice, is on must-win mode. They have to be New England, even if it's a dogfight, so I'm taking the Bills. We got Pittsburgh going into Atlanta. I think Atlanta actually gets right against the Steelers. Atlanta is tough. We got Green Bay. They're going into Chicago. If Justin Fields is playing, I'm going with Chicago. We got Jacksonville going into Detroit. This should be a high-scoring game, but I think Detroit could hold serve at home. They did win two out of their last three games. You got the Jets going into Minnesota. The Minnesota's offense is just too strong for the Jets. You got the Commanders are going to play the Giants. That Saquon Barkley offense is lacking. It's abysmal. It's doing nothing. I like the way Washington is looking, so I see them stealing one on the road. You got the Titans going into Philadelphia. If the Titans could play some kind of run defense and Derrick Henry can get off the snide and actually get a good running game, I got Tennessee still in the game in Philadelphia. We got the Broncos going into the Ravens. The Ravens must win. The Broncos are really bad people. We got the Browns going into Texas to play Houston. I got the Browns winning on the road. Oh, the only thing about this game is this game might be the return of the freak, the return of Mr. Watson. And uh, I don't know if he can handle the boos, the nays, the, the jeers that's going to be coming at him in this game. We got the Seahawks going into the Rams. The Seahawks get right because the Rams are really bad. And if there's no strapping, there's no chance. You got the Dolphins going into San Francisco. This should be interesting. High octane offense versus a super tight defense at home. I, wow, man, this is a difficult one to pick. I'm going to go with Miami Dolphins beating San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. You got KC versus Cincinnati. This is a good game. Hopefully, Lamar Chase will be back this week. But I have to go with KC and Cincy. The Chargers are playing in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers and the Raiders, to me, are both disappointments. I don't give a rat's ass about either team. So I'm just going to throw my finger in the air and see where it lands. And I'm going to say the Raiders whole serve at home. You got the Colts coming in to play my Dallas Cowboys. I love you, Jeff, Saturday, but you got to need to take an L against Dak. Cowboys, and that's the uh, Sunday night game of the week. Monday night's game is the Saints versus Tampa. Tampa has to be the team that just was shut out. I mean, they literally have no offense. Alvin Kamara is not at his best. Michael Thomas is in semi-retirement or whatever the fuck he's at. He refused to play football is all I know. Now, the bye weeks next week, you got the Cardinals and Carolina Panthers are both on a bye. And Arizona truly needs a bye just to get their shit together. And the topic for next week's show is going to be my podcast sucks. If you're looking for certain conversations and let us go into what those conversations are. 
I'm going to explain the type of conversation that you will never hear on Strange Talk with Doc. And if you're looking for those type of conversations, why this podcast would really, truly suck for you. And I'm going to be dead honest about also me, my style, okay? But we're not going to get any further. We'll get into that next week. And remember, people, man, just it's the holiday seasons. I want you to be joyous. I want you to be happy. But I don't want you to put yourself in debt. I don't want you to fake reaching out to people that you know that you ain't got no fucking business reaching out to because they're not going to reach out to you. You don't have to humble yourself just because it's the holiday for somebody who don't give two flying fucks about you. Keep it real. Keep it moving on. Love the ones you love and let them love you in return and you'll be fine. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 